John Vogel, NFL Draft Blitz. I'm sitting here with Ohio Safety, Tariq Drake. And, man, it's good to have you sitting down here. <laughs> first interview this week, first time doing a video. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How you doing? So far, so good. We're here, so we're we're pumping, we're kicking. And I guess uh, any day that you're alive is a good thing, right? So Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, Tropical, you got the Tropical Bowl coming up. That's what, you know, Draft Blitz, we covered Tropical Bowl. We're the scouting partners with them. So talk about, you know, what you're hoping to accomplish at this event, what you want to show everybody that, you know, Tariq Drake can do. Uh, I just think I'm very optimistic going into this event. Uh, I think it's a great, great way to showcase my talent, especially being at the group of five level in the MAC conference. And, you know, we play great football down there, but at the same time, it's not always a way to, to showcase your where I where not a great way to showcase our abilities versus some of the uh, power five conferences. So I think I'll have an opportunity to showcase my abilities and uh, go against some great players and have a great time on it. I think that you're going to have a great time. I think you're going to have a great week. Uh, I think that you're one of the better prospects. If I had to make a top 10 list right now, the roster you're on it. Right. So uh, that's why I was excited to be able to sit down with you, chat about this stuff. And yeah, the Mac is totally underrated, right? People don't realize right. how many great players are coming out of the Mac. They're going to start realizing with all these transfers going to big schools, UCLA pulling Mac players left and right this year. But right, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, she was crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I have a buddy, Salt, uh, John Michael Salter. He's always talking about, you know, they uh, the 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 Mac and how underrated they are in the great football. He's like, oh, bro, you got to be watching more Mac. I'm like, I can, but <laughs> November, bro, Maction. That's when I'm gonna watch it. So yeah, great time to watch it. Let's talk about you, man. So when did football start for you, bro? Was this something that you did back in, you know, you've grown up, it's been around your entire life, or are you a late bloomer to the game? Man, I started playing football when I was about five years old, honestly. And the craziest part is, like, when I started playing, like, I, I was never, like, like, a lover of the contact part of the game. Like, I was more of a person. Like, I honestly, I played offense all my life. So, like, I just really like scoring touchdowns and, like, having a crowd, like, yell my name and stuff like that, yell and cheer. And I would say, like, honestly, as I've gotten into, like, the middle school to, like, early high school parts, that's when I started to like the physical physicality of the game. And, but while also loving, like, the the fans cheering and screaming. And so football's yeah, so, been a part of my life. Oh, my bad. No, 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 you're good. So high school, right, so you started early on, five years old. Yeah, offense to the side. So maybe that's where your kind of instincts come from is having an, a somewhat of an understanding of what's going on on the other side of things, right? Yeah, I, I, you can say that, especially playing receivers. You know, sometimes you can think of a way of like, like how exactly the offense trying to uh, trying to man, what is, what is the word I'm looking for? My attack bad. you. How's trying offense? to attack your yeah. defense? Yeah, 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 yeah. So sometimes it it, it uh. It helps me think a little quicker on my feet, but at the same time, you just got to be prepared for whatever uh, the offense throws at you. So high school, talk about it. Where is this where you started to make the transition over to the defensive side? Were you a two-way player? Like, let's talk about your high school, man. What'd you do there? Yeah. So uh, I went to LeBray High School. It's, uh, it's kind of a small high school in the in Ohio area, but uh, I started out playing receiver, and uh, honestly, I started playing corner, like, my freshman year. So – I played receiver all through all four years. And then I want to say my sophomore year, I switched to playing safety. And that's where I really like developed the skills of, you know, being that post safety, the middle of the field guy, having some great range and being able to make plays. But I think 
you know, through the development of playing corner, which gave me like the the ability to play man and work on my ball skills, it, it helped transition easier into playing safety. So say it's kind of funny too, because I do a lot of high school sports, you know, like I'll call games and stuff down here mm-hmm. in the in Tennessee, you know, so that's a that's a good ways off from probably probably the Bray High School. But um there's a kid this year, he was a sophomore and he got pressed into playing safety late in the year. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they were doing. One high. And I was always so nervous calling the games, you know, cause I'm like, I'm just waiting for this dude to get smoked. two interceptions in the playoffs and both of them game winners at the end. So like, it's cool when you see a guy make that transition, right. And then take the next step. And so that's what we're looking for with that kid this year. You did that. Right. So you made that step. Yeah. You, you took that trend that step i mean you got into the mac that's division one football for crying out loud right so talk a little bit about what it's like going from the offensive side to the defensive side and what you know maybe the mentality change maybe the different things that come along with that oh i think the one of the hardest parts especially early on like when i first got to college was like just trying to adapt my mind to playing defense because Honestly, I really wanted to play receiver like coming out of high school. So I think the the probably for my first year, first first year and a half, I was just trying to get into the mindset of like, all right, we're here to play defense and that would be my for sure set mindset. But I mean, as the years have went on, like I've learned how to, especially with the defense coordinators that I've had, I've had a lot of defense coordinators that have a uh, great coaching experience. So it was it was a way to like to really soak up all the information that they were given so you can learn more and more and just build my football IQ about the game. And almost at some points, I would think that if, if at least if I'm your coach, I'm going to be like, hey, Tariq, man, we'll pull you off the side. Tariq, man, you know what routes they're running? Run the route. Play wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes I wish – I wish it was it was easy it was easy enough to do it like that. But you know, having a receiver background, it helps you run the routes a little more. Like you know, just staying attached to the receiver's hip. Yeah, and Tats kind of feeling where he's about to go with that next cut, where he's what he's about right. to, where the route's going to go, the twelve yard hitch, whatever. You can kind of feel that at times right. when you have that experience of both ways. I played wide receiver and I played corner. That was it. I'm a white guy. I can't run. I can't jump. <laughs> that killed me. Right. So. Uh, you don't see a white corner in the league for a reason. We suck. So, um, what was the biggest? I one of the things that I pointed out before we started talking was when I was got on YouTube and I looked you up. You know, looking for any other additional info or anything I could find. It was, hey, this guy's got a bunch of coaching videos up there. And so, talk a little bit about that. Tell me what you just told. Repeat what you said to me before I started recording, <laughs> and just you know, kind of explain to people like you know. What are the benefits to doing this kind of thing? Yeah. So the videos on YouTube were uh, for my coaching. I'm getting my master's degree in my uh, coaching education. So I had to do those videos uh, for class, actually. But in some sorts of ways, you know, honestly, doing the drills and, like, having having to coach somebody through the drills, it kind of makes it a little easier for myself. While also, you know, making sure that I bring some of the younger players along, you know, ex- increasing their uh, – football IQ while also like trying to get like what are they thinking about in certain instances certain situations but you know doing those videos are fun because you know it helps me stay connected to the game coaching is something that like you know 
it could be something that I do in my future, but it's a it's a great way to stay connected to football. I mean, you just answered my next question, which was, are you going to be coaching in the future too? Is it like, are you one of these guys that has to stay around the sport or do you think that there's some other stuff that you're going to be interested in doing one day when you have to hang up those cleats? Uh, I think, I think coaching is going to be in my future. I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard for me to say that once I'm done playing, I can't really stay connected to the game because I honestly, I really don't see it. You know, football has been my life since, since I was five years old. So it's it's gonna be hard to step away, but I think coaching will be something that I can do to really fill like that void of not being able to play again. And you're already starting, man. Let's be honest. You got you got instruction videos up there talking about backpedal. You're talking about technique. You're talking about a bunch of different stuff there, right? So like, yeah, all good stuff. Working with the younger guys. Talk a little bit about the leadership too that you've had to have the last couple of years because you guys had that tough year, obviously coming out 2020 season was pretty much canceled and then brought back last minute and turn basically in time for you guys to play Maction. And what that kind of, you know, you were one of the, you would have been a junior, right? That, that year. Yeah. Yeah. So junior, you're yeah. one of the upperclassmen talk about some of the leadership that you've had to through that event. And then through the next couple of years after that, man, to be honest, I really wasn't, I wasn't really ready for the leadership role that I was, that I was given. Like it was something that I really had to work myself into because I've always been a guy, you know, I don't really have any issues. I do what I do. I, I do my work. And then, you know, hopefully people see that I lead by example. And I'm not much of a person to really speak up and be very vocal. But at the same time, some instances on, on 18, that has to be successful. It has to be player-led at some point. But I think that we had some great leaders on our team every single year that I've been at Ohio University even the year that we didn't do so well, but we still have players on our team that, you know, help, help drive the focus, help like see the bigger picture into what we were trying to work for. So I can't really put it all on myself, but we had some great leadership, especially this last, this previous year to, uh, you know, keep guys focused, keep, keep guys seeing like the bigger picture and, and uh, keeping us working hard to try and be better for ourselves and for the team each and every day. No, and that's good that you, you recognized, right? You're like, you're straight up like, man, no, I wasn't ready for that. You know, how many yeah. people are like that, dude? You see people all the time. They're out. Hey, you know, oh, I'm a leader. I'm a leader. And then it's like, well, you guys are what? Three and nine. Great job. You know, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not shooting on anybody. I'm just saying, nah, right? It's like, all good. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. I, I know. It's all good. I ain't true. So, but the thing is also that you, you played, uh, five years at Ohio. You didn't jump in the transfer mm -hmm. portal. Talk a little bit about that decision. You know, why did you, what was it about Ohio that got you to stay there? And that's a rarity right now when we're looking at guys mm -hmm. coming out. Literally, it's almost everyone is transferred. Yeah. I just think, you know, when I made my decision to come to Ohio, it, it felt like home. Like it felt like home away from home. So, you know, you see all the transfer portal stuff. You see all the people transferring. But it was just a hard decision for me to make because I felt comfortable here. I felt like I always got a great opportunity to play good and winning football. And in, in my eyes, like, it's really hard to leave a program where I'm getting an opportunity to showcase my abilities on the field while also, like, being able to win. So, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just something that was kind of hard for me to think about to do. But I think in the grand scheme of things, players got to be – you know, think for themselves and how uh, they can make their career lives better. So 
I yeah, no, no, I, yeah. I don't think there's anything. I, I've been a, uh, an advocate for the portal, right? And mm-hmm. it's because, again, if any other college student can do it, why can't you? And that's kind of been my mantra with that. And the same thing with NIL, right? Right. I, anybody, any other college student can go out and start a business and make something. Why can't you? You know, and so I'm glad that, you know, all that, all those opportunities have opened up. For college athletes and i'm and i'm happy for the transfer portal as chaotic as it is to keep up with it it does provide the right opportunities for players and it is just and it's proper you know and so compared to the rest of college just because you guys are playing a sport that makes a school a ton of money doesn't mean that you guys are stuck there and you can't have the same freedoms that anybody else has that's my opinion but um let's talk about your you and your game dude because like I said, I think that you going into the Tropical Bowl, when you look at the Tropical Bowl rosters, who's going to be there, who's going to be performing, I think you're one of the top 10 players there, hands down. There's no debate. And it's not because you played at a big – it's not because you're one of the guys that played at FBS level. It's not because of any of that. It's because when you put on the tape, Tariq Drake pops at you. What do you think it is in your assessment of yourself? Football is a, is a sport where you're having to constantly assess yourself. What is it that you do that makes you a good player on the field that an NFL team is going to really appreciate? Uh, I think it's just my ability to play from sideline to sideline, you know, having that motor of want to make every single play. And I think that also comes with just, you know, growing up and having coaches that were determined on you showing great effort. And, you know, it, it really lasts a lifetime because, you want to be able to be the first person to the ball all the time. But at the same time, you got to know how to help your team win and do your job. And I think the best thing for me is personally, like doing my job so that I don't put my team in harm's way, you know, to to lose games or make mistakes. But I think what I do is is honestly pretty simple. I, I play I play mostly uh, a post like high safety, but I think my range and my ability to uh, – to read certain offices and uh, study up on certain offices is really what sets me apart. I think. So let's talk. In my, let's talk about that tape case. study, man. Let's talk about that tape study. Yeah. What are you, you going into a game week now? Granted, you also had classes and everything going on too. Yeah. So take the classes out. Let's talk about that focus time. What What does a game week look like of prep for Tariq Drake? So. Usually on Monday, Monday, uh, we get our uh, scouting report on the team that we're playing. So usually you, I, I go in and I watch like the personnel. So I'll watch the quarterback, the running back, the receivers, you know, tight ends, get a, just get a good feel on who I'm playing and like what that person, like what the receiver likes to do, what their tendencies are, what's the quarterback's tendencies. You know, sometimes like in a lot of instances, I'm going to give a little tip for the defenders but sometimes like when you see a quarterback ready to throw the ball he'll lick his fingers and then touch his towel so it's a, kind of a good indicator that they're going to pass on a certain play but you know it all it, it just depends on the quarterback so then usually Tuesday is the day that I break down like uh we'll go through like uh down and distance so it'll be like first and 10 what do they like to run on first and 10 like what do they like second and long and then like I also throw in the formations. So if we get like a, they're a heavy trips team, uh, I'll break down like 
like, okay, what are the raw concepts and trips? What are the raw concepts and uh, uh, dupes? What are the raw concepts and doubles? So it's a lot. Honestly, it's a lot. It sounds like a lot, but usually, like, with the uh, film equipment, filming system that we have, it's easy to, to set up cut-ups and uh, put the film in, like, one brief area so we can all watch it. And then Wednesdays is usually, as a team, is our third down day. So that'll be our third down and red zone and just watching watching that and figuring out, okay, what is their favorite thing to do on third and short? What is their favorite thing to do in third long? And then usually with some teams, they like to run a lot of screen and a lot of draw on third and long. So it's like, okay, well, if the running back has this alignment, maybe he's running like a, like a little high screen. If he has like this alignment, maybe he'll run like a little like uh, the swing screen that they like to run. Or they like to run like jailbreak or now screen or something like that. So it's just a little stuff like that that you notice as you watch the film. It's a lot easier to break down like after you've seen it multiple times like throughout throughout weeks and sometimes teams get very copycatish. So maybe you've seen something as you get later into the year, you see a team that's running the same thing as the team from earlier on in the year. So, you know, you go back into your notes and be like, all right, well, if I see this, then I might have an understanding of what they what they like to do. And then usually Thursday is our walkthrough. So Thursday is the day that I just, all right, let me go through my notes. Let me run through all the stuff that I've been through throughout the week give myself just another like brief overview. Friday is a, usually a quick day. It's usually a day we spend mostly as a team and then boom, Saturday's the day we, Saturday's game day. So how many, how many hours would you estimate you're spending watching tape? A week. You don't have to go a whole season. Yeah. No, let's not do the whole season thing. Cause well, that's, that's getting complicated. <laughs> I would probably say probably seven to eight hours a week maybe seven to nine, depending on like, sometimes, sometimes with the class schedule, it gets a little difficult, but yeah, probably seven to nine hours a week watching film. Good stuff. Trying to study my opponent. So what are some of the things that you're trying to work on right now to kind of show, Hey, like this is not going to be an issue with me. It's not a really a weakness to my game. It's something that I'm working on getting better Mm -hmm. and it's going to get better. What is that with you? Uh, I would say like my man coverage because Usually, like, in, in the uh, defenses I've been in, I really haven't had to run man coverage very often. But, but you know, it's it's something that just because I, I feel like I haven't had, like, a lot of reps of doing it, like, it's, it's, something I, it's something that I feel that I need to work on personally. And then another thing would probably be, like, just making tackles in the box, like, in between the tackles, making sure I get people down and uh, say it's, like, a critical, like, third and – third and two or something like that critical critical situation in the game just make sure i make tackles make proper form tackles in the hole and you know getting running backs down makes sense so what is that impression when you come out of an nfl interview what is that impression that you want to leave with them about what you're going to bring to them what do you want them to think about Tariq drake shoot i want them to think about man we got to have this guy on our team like simple as that like i want to be able to show them that if they take the opportunity to allow me to play on their team, like he's going to be a guy that one we can count on, we can trust, he's dependable, but also like he's somebody that we really want to have on our team because he brings value and can, you know, make plays for our team. Good stuff as always, man. So last thing to kind of break down a little bit, because you were talking about a bunch of different screen concepts earlier when you were breaking down your film stuff and I wasn't going to interrupt you and stop you because I didn't want to do that. 
uh, you were on a roll, man. It was like, yeah, keep going, keep going, man. So talk a little bit about the difference in screens and how you have to play them as a safety. So jail break, as you mentioned, you mentioned, uh, you know, a flat screen, a little roll, a little fly screen, whatever, like what talk about those a little bit and how you have to play them differently. So uh, I'll just start with a jail break since you said it first. So mm-hmm. the jail break is usually when uh, the receiver is coming back towards the middle of the field and the linemen are kind of dispersing down the field. So I would say one of the hardest parts to deal with is actually trying to see the receiver behind a, the offensive line, which is kind of crazy to say in the grand scheme of things. But in some instances, in this instance, it's actually like kind of hard to deal with. But I just think when you're running a, versus a team that really likes running like the jailbreak screens, you just got to be alert for the screen down. So usually third and long would be like a screen down or like second and long, something like that. Or if they get in a formation where they like to run the screen, just having that like alertness to to the rest of the defense to know that, hey, if they do run a screen, it could possibly be this one just because it's a formation that they like. Uh, with the T-slip screen, like a tailback slip screen, usually they're trying to get a tailback on the edge. Again, it's a second and long, third and long type of situation. So with that one, when you want to be able to beat the lineman, honestly, it, it depends on what angle that you can take to the ball, but usually you want to beat the lineman outside. That way, if you do end up missing a tackle, you can miss it inside, back inside to where the rest of your help is going to be. Uh, so what you're basically saying is over-pursue is better than under-pursue in this case. In in some instances, yes. In this case, it can be. It's just, it just also it depends on, like, how far down, down the field you are. So, but usually getting the ball back inside to your help and knowing that, the 10 other players on defense is pursuing hard to get to the ball. It, it really won't be a, a problem because you know, you've got people coming uh, from the inside to, to get the ball on the ground if you were to miss a tackle. So let's pause that again real quick. So how important does that make things when, you know, for you to understand that you do have 10 other guys pursuing hard after the ball, you know, I'm sure that you've been on teams before. I think maybe like last year, obviously Ohio was really good. You guys were really great this past year. I think in 2021, you were pretty good too. But I'm pretty sure it may not have been in Ohio, it might have been in high school, whatever. If you don't have 10 other guys pursuing the ball, well, how does that change how you play? I mean, I don't think it it doesn't really change like how I would play or how somebody should play. Uh, You know, effort is something that really can be coached. But at the same time, uh, I think a coach could like inspire somebody to give some more effort. But, you know, when you got a team that – when you got a defense that has 11 players flying to the ball at all times, like, it makes it makes it hard for players that want to cut back across the field. Or, you know, sometimes people miss tackles, and, and it happens all the time. But after that after that first tackle, like, missed, you know, everybody getting to the ball, it, it allows – well, it stops the offense from getting uh, yards after contact. Or maybe a receiver caught like a hitch or something in the corner missed a tackle. With other players uh, pursuing to the ball, it maybe it, it goes from a five-yard gain and they make a tackle. It's only like a seven-yard gain. So now we're we're working with second and three instead of okay, he caught the hitch and he made one person miss. Now he's taking it to the house. Now it's a touchdown. Now we really got to work, you know, 
now we might have worked from behind or something like that. So people pursuing to the ball and showing effort, it's just it's just something, one, that's inside of them, but it also makes the defense a lot better. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I, but that's what I was thinking was that has to play some sort of psychological effect, right? When yeah. you're a guy and you know that you're putting in effort and you're, you're every play and hustling through the whistle and to know that maybe there's only five or six guys on the other, on the rest of the defense that are going to be there kind of like almost forces you puts pressure on you to play better. I would think, um, mm -hmm. but no, that's one thing that you got it. You can say about Ohio this year, every time you watched you guys play on the, on defense, it was 11 guys flying to the ball at all times. And that was what was really cool and inspiring was even, you know, when the quarterback goes down, Late in the season, you've got and you know inexperienced guys. The offense is struggling. You guys are still playing great defense. You're still flying to the ball. You're still keeping you guys in the game. You know, so mm -hmm. I thought that was a great thing to see. So good stuff, man. Really appreciated you taking the time to sit down and chat and about you, about your game, and what you're hoping to do. Um, I, I know that this is a grueling process. There's a lot of negatives. People are always looking for the negatives. Mm -hmm. Uh. I think that you've got a pretty good level head and I think that you're going to do just fine through it all and finding those silver linings, finding those ways to stay positive. Yes, sir. Man, hey, I appreciate you for, uh, you know, allowing me to, to take the time to interview with a great interviewer like yourself, but I really do appreciate the kind words, man, and hope everything's well for you in the upcoming future. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you.